Bible says that this will be also a time of unprecedented revival. And I know you've heard it. I know it's cliche. But there is not enough darkness in the world. And I'm talking about however you want to look at it. If we were able to black out every window, turn off every light, shut off the exit sign lights, make sure no one turns on their phone. If we could literally get this building to be pitch black where there was not one even glimpse of a light, that darkness that would seem to be overwhelming is not powerful enough to, to control light. All you'd have to do is light one match in the middle of the dark room and everyone would be able to see that. That's the principle that you need to understand. There's not enough darkness in this world that can stop the light of those that are living for Jesus, those that have the Holy Ghost inside of them. If you need to know more about that, read the book of John because it says that in Jesus was light and the light was the light of men. And so you and I, we become those lights and we ought to shine. And so from that, I believe that if we're going to have an end-time revival, if we're going to have a move of God in our families, in our city, and in our communities, then we must have the power of Almighty God within us. And we see, we hear of revival. We see and hear of people that have been healed. But we need that here at the Lighthouse. I want to direct your attention to the book of Acts, chapter 3 and verse 1 through 10. And I want the Lord to just kind of lead us through this. This is it's a familiar part. We'll read it, and then I'm sure I'll talk about it and kind of fill out the story. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. That simply means that it was church time, and they were going to church. How many of you know it's church time? You're here. Okay, I had four people that said they know it's church time. The rest of you, you just somehow zombified yourself up, got all spiffed up and dressed up, and you just somehow made it to this place called the Lighthouse. No, you woke up this morning. Nobody is here by accident. Nobody, I don't think, just kind of was driving and your car took a, a, a turn into the building. You, you were deliberate. You said, I'm going to church this morning. And that is what uh, Peter and John was doing. They were going to pray. They were going to do the things that were needed in the church, but a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful. And he simply asked of them that entered into the temple, he asked alms. He didn't get into the church. He was never in the church. In fact, there's some understanding that lame people couldn't go into the temple. They could go to a synagogue, but they couldn't go into the temple. And so he would be laid there at the gate. It was somebody you met on your way to church. And he saw Peter and John going into the temple, and he asked of alms, and Peter looked, fastening his eyes upon him with John, and said, look on us. And the man gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. Now, what he was expecting to receive was not what he got. But I'm telling you, there is a lost and dying world that you pass by every day that is expecting something from you. If you're here at the church, Sister Sharon Smith, uh, you, she can uh, uh, she knows it's true. We get phone call after phone call. Can you pay our electric bill? Can you pay our mortgage note? Can you can you pay this? Can you can you give me food? And and while there's a place for all of that, people are expecting the church to do something. But it's time for us to go beyond their expectations. It's time for you and I to go beyond our own expectations because Peter and John, he looked at them and this is the verse. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, 
but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And the man, leaping up, stood, walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they wondered. They were curious. And so I want to tell you today, and this is kind of my sermon title, All I have is Jesus, but it's going to be enough. All I have is Jesus, but it's enough. There was a man that was taking a tour of the Vatican, uh, and uh, he looked at all the splendor. He looked at all the majesty that was contained within that building, and he was amazed. They toured room after room of art, room after room of treasures from across the globe. And at one point, the tour guide, uh, after leaving one such room, remarked to the man and said, As you can see, we no longer can say silver and gold, have I none. Which the man faced the tour guide and said, Yes, that's true, but you can also no longer say, Rise up and walk. You and I have been blessed by so much. And, and Brother Hera, you didn't give me a chance to testify. I'm kind of hurt. Uh, I, I had a testimony, but I guess you figured I'd have the mic later and I could do so. I'm, I'm thankful that the promises of God are yea and amen. And uh, I, I like it when God promises you something, whether it's through the word of God or through a sermon. But I like it when he promises something and it comes to pass. And my wife and I, we've been recipients of those promises. That when you read the Bible and it says, if you do this, then, then this will happen. I, I like seeing that because it just gives me hope. God's been blessing. God's been touching. I, I, I meant to put it up, and I apologize, didn't have it this morning. We'll try to have it tonight. But our give to grow this year, I think we're sitting, and, and, and I don't have the number in front of me, Sister Sharon Smith, but I believe I looked at it, we're sitting at almost $39,000 right now in our give to grow. If you'd have asked me that last year, I had faith, but I didn't think there was no way that could happen. Let me give you a secret. You ready for a secret? I'm going to give you insight, some transparency. I, I didn't say this before I give to grow campaign because I, I think it would have squashed it, but... When the Lord began to deal with me and said, said you know, it, it's, it's time to start getting uh, 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 focused on where you're going to grow from here. And the Lord laid on me the, the Give to Grow um, campaign that we did. The $1,000 a family or a person, you know, 10 months, $100 a month, $25 a week. And, and many of you are doing that consistently. In my mind, I said, Lord, if we could get $30,000 at the end of this year, I would think it's a smashing success. 30, almost 39,000. That's how God blesses. There's this, there's this, uh, uh, we've been blessed by so much. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I want to be blessed. I want the Lord to touch. I want to do right with the Lord. And I want there to be a blessing that comes with following after Him. You can look at the parking lot uh, as, as people grow in the church. And you can see a difference. You can see this. We have money to shop and go out to eat. And we have a beautiful church. And, and it's, it's air conditioned and it's heated. And the pews are padded. And everything is there. But we've got to be careful that we don't get at ease in Zion. Amos chapter 6 verse 1 says, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Because it's, it's dangerous when we just come to have church for ourselves. It's dangerous when we just get into a protocol and a rut. And we're just, well, you know, we're going to come to church and we'll be here for about an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes and it'll feel good. We'll get a few goosebumps and then we'll leave and we'll walk away and nothing ever really changes. But it is time for you and I to get past just coming to church. 
I, I don't know how many times Peter and Paul passed by that man, but, or Peter and John rather passed by that man, but on that day something happened. And it's time for you and I to stop passing this world by just to get to church. It's time for us to quit passing those that are hurt, those that are lost, those that are hungry, those that are confused. It's time for us to not just pass them by to get to church, but to listen to what they have to say. You know, um, my mama taught me that if I would keep my mouth shut 90% of the times, I wouldn't get in trouble. Any of you have parents like that? Wow. I hate it when I'm the only bad person in the whole building. It just kills me. Maybe your mama needed to tell you that because now you've grown up. And Let me help you out. All of you that didn't raise your hand, if you'd keep your mouth shut 90% of the time, you wouldn't get in trouble. So you've learned something. But I've also... I, I have a hard time doing that. I remember getting into arguments with my mom or just talking back to my mom. And the back, that little bird in the back of my mind, that little voice in the back of my head was screaming, Shut up, Brandon. Shut up. Shut up. And I couldn't. I just couldn't help myself. And I'm, I find that as I grow older. I'm a fixer. And you probably have known this if you've been around this church for any length of time. If you come and tell me a problem, I am trying to do better at listening. I want to fix the problems. That's a man trait. Men, we're a fixer. That's why you get in arguments with your wife because the wife just wants you to listen and you want to fix everything. But I am learning I don't have all the answers. I am learning that I can't fix everything. I am learning that I don't have enough degrees. I don't have enough teaching. I don't have enough seminars in my life to do anything about it. All I have is Jesus. And, and so maybe you've noticed a change if you've talked to me. I, I, I'm going to try my very best to be a shepherd to you and to lead you in the paths that you need to go. But at the end of the day, all I have is Jesus, but that's enough. If the storms come, if the waves rise, if the cancer comes, if the sickness comes, if the loss comes, it's going to do it and I'm going to walk through it, but all I have is Jesus. I want to be a Peter I want to be a John who can look at that. And I'm going to tell you too many times I have done what Peter and John didn't do. Alms. Alms. Do you have any alms, Peter? Can you give me anything? And, and what do you do? You reach in your pocket. You don't have much, but you reach in your pocket and you satisfy a temporal need of that lame man. You give him a couple dollars and he's satisfied for a day, but he's still lame. But I want to be the type of church and I want to be the type of person and I want to be the type of pastor that can walk by and say, look, I know that I could give you something temporal. I know that I could satisfy the need you have right now just for a day. But there's something greater inside me. Silver and gold have I none. But there is something that I do have. I've been in contact with Jesus. I've been filled with the Spirit. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt He can heal you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. I may not have the money. I may not have the knowledge. I may not have the understanding. All I have is Jesus, but it's enough. It's enough. It's enough. We need that. I, we, we hear terms like apostolic revival, and we need that old-fashioned revival. I'll tell you right now, the only thing that, pr, uh, uh, that preceded those revivals was prayer. Guard uh, the, uh, uh, the passion, Jesus dying on the cross, then the greatest miracles of the death, burial, the resurrection, it was preceded by a prayer at Gethsemane. 
Acts chapter 2 was preceded by prayer. The revival in Topeka, Kansas was preceded by prayer. The Azusa Street Revival preceded by prayer. What it means is what they were doing, and it wasn't, that there's no method of prayer that works. There's no, you, you, you can't just say these words and it happens. The reason the prayer is so important is because that's making sure you have something to give out. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, give I thee. Peter and John had something inside of them that, that and, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting on my message tonight. You've got to get saturated by the Holy Ghost so that you have something to give out later. Come back tonight and you'll hear that. But Peter and John were ready and they were there. Let me, let me show you some things that, that needs to happen in our church that we need in this last day. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. How many of you have heard that before? How many of you read that before? For the... 25 of you that have never heard that or read that, please do so again. Uh, we need that kind of revival in the lighthouse. Not just come to church and clap our hands, but something that changes, something that moves them. Acts chapter uh, 4, or Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's the revival we need. Acts chapter 19 is an incredible uh, procession of the miraculous. First off, Paul is passing through Ephesus, and there's some of John the disciples, or some of John the Baptist's disciples there. And he asked them, he said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And I'm so thankful they were honest. They said, We've not heard if there even been any such thing as the Holy Ghost. I've been praying over our, our city and over our community, been praying against the spirit of apathy and the spirit of blindness. Because every time I ask somebody, do you need the Holy Ghost, they say, no, I've got it. I want someone to just simply look at me and say, I've not even heard about the Holy Ghost. And, and Peter or rather, uh, Paul said unto them, how were you baptized? And they said, well, we were baptized under John's baptism. Paul said, well, verily John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying that they should believe on him which should come after him, on Jesus Christ. Basically, Paul said John was pushing people towards Jesus Christ. When they heard this, the Bible says, they were all baptized in the name of Jesus. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. That's the revival we need here at the Lighthouse. And then it doesn't stop there. There were about 12 men. And then Paul goes in the synagogue. He begins to speak boldly for three months. And he was preaching and he was teaching. And he was, even the words, the Bible says he was disputing. There were those hearts that were hardened and didn't believe. And they were speaking evil of the multitude. And so Paul separates. Two years this happens. But God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. So that, his, so that from his body was brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. 
It's, it's what we call prayer cloths, and some of you may know that. And, and there's nothing special about the cloth or the oil, but it was just simply an a example of, of, hey, I may not be able to get to you, but, but why don't you take this, this is a, uh, take this cloth that we've prayed over and bring it to them and let them know we've been praying for you. But they were healed. Evil spirits went out of them. Bible says in verse 18, many believe and came and confessed and showed their deeds. Those that used curious arts, that means witchcraft, they brought their books together and burned them. They counted the price of them. It would have been 50,000 pieces of silver is what those books would have been worth, but they burned them. And the Bible says, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. That's the revival that Lighthouse needs. A revival that changes hearts, that changes people, that changes lives too many times I don't know what to do in the situations too many times I don't know what to do when I'm overwhelmed let me ask you one more time I've been, I've been pushing all day for a little bit of audience participation I'm going to try one more time then I'm going to give up the Bible says that you know if, if three people after three just kind of give up so let me ask you have you ever been overwhelmed Have you ever felt like you were swimming but sinking more than swimming? Have you ever felt like the walls were caving in? I don't have an answer for that. I don't know how to help you out of that. There's not a counselor. There's not a a protocol. There's not a program that can get you. All I have is Jesus. And he's enough. He's enough. All I have is the Holy Ghost that God put inside of me when I was eight years old and for the last uh, 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 21 years, 20 20 years rather, that that I have been working through and I've been pushing through and I've been asking the Lord to touch and I've been trying to live for Him and it's been inside. All I have is Jesus and it's enough. When you walk into your community, when you walk into your work, when you walk into your home, All you have is Jesus. That's all Paul had. Now, I know he was smart and he was learned, but he even said in his own words, I I, I don't speak with the tongues of of angels and men, and I I, I wish that I could do better. I wish I had more more knowledge. I wish I could do all this, but it, it, it doesn't matter. I just have one thing, Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all I have. I don't have any other answers. But I asked you earlier, I asked you to raise your hand, have you ever been overwhelmed? I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 7. Like I said, I'm, I, uh, I'm struggling a bit because I'm, I'm preaching tonight's message this morning too, but it's, it's, it's what the Lord's been placing on me. So let me give you a, a push to it. One verse in the Bible, I think it's the book of Psalms, says, when my heart is overwhelmed... Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's the key. Because if you were just to go anywhere in the rock, the flood may be higher than that rock. But it says, go to the rock that's higher than I. Give me some place. And I preached it. I don't remember if it was earlier this year or last year, but I preached about those tsunami stones that were on top of the mountains there in Japan. And it marks, this is how high the tsunami came. And so if you're smart, you get higher than where the last one went. And, uh, but, but watch what, what chapter 7 of Second Chronicles says. 
When Solomon had made an end of praying, there's that, that prayer again. When Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all of the children of Israel saw how fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Telling you today it's time for you and I to be overwhelmed, not by the cares of life, not by the diagnosis of, of doctors, not by uh, the, the situations in our life. Those things may overwhelm us, but it's time for you and I to be overwhelmed by the presence of God. And the only way that can happen is if you'll start praying and seeking His face. And if you'll do that, there will be something inside of you that will give you the ability to walk out into a world that's hurting and dying and lost and be able to look Look them in the eye and say, I don't have any answer but Jesus, but it's enough. You can't give Jesus out until you've got Jesus on the inside. You can't share him effectively until you've been just completely overwhelmed by his spirit and by his presence. I want to be filled with him. Not touched. I don't need just a touch. I don't need just a, a goosebump feeling on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. But I need his presence to saturate me. To saturate me. All I have is Jesus. Too many times we get to the place where he's the last thing. I know it's cliche, but listen to me. We get to the place where he's the last thing we try. We exhaust every other opportunity. We exhaust everything else that we have. And then suddenly we decide, well, you know what? Since nothing else is working, let me try Jesus. I'm trying to tell someone right now, all you have is Jesus. And he's enough. I want us to stand right now. I, I just believe that the Lord is ready to do a great work in your life and in the lighthouse. I firmly believe, and I have this week, as I've been at camp meeting, and I had some duties there at camp meeting, so I hit every service. I was there for everything that happened. I don't normally get that opportunity, but this year I was there for every service, every pre-service thing. The Lord just all week long confirmed that He's ready to do some miraculous things. But He can't do that until you get to the place where you can say all I have is Jesus and he's enough silver and gold have I none such as I have given unto thee in the name of Jesus rise and walk when your family's going through hard times when the the bickering and the fighting and there's no peace in your marriage. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have is Jesus. 
Listen very carefully to me. I believe in, in counselors, and my father is one of them. And we have that in our church. But I'll tell you right now, if you've ever sat in a session with my father, at the end of that session, he will tell you, I've given you something that you can learn from. But at the end of it all, the only thing that matters is Jesus. all week long I've seen your faces I've seen situations that you've let me be privy to as your pastor and in every one of those situations that was the phrase that kept ringing over and over and over in my ears all you have is Jesus but he's enough sister Bigford all week long I sat in that soundboard at camp meeting doing the duties that I could do but every sermon and every lesson and everything that was taught and preached I kept seeing you and your family and brother Pickford and in the back of my mind as loud as it could it said all you have is Jesus but he's enough I saw situations. I saw those that have grown cold. I've saw those that have been backslidden and you've left the church, but you're here today and you come back and I heard in the back of my mind with your face, all you have is Jesus, but he's enough. I struggled all weekend long saying, Lord, what do you want me to say? And he never gave me a message. And so I guess I probably went too far in trying to make a message just so we could spend some time because some of you would be very upset if we got out of church before 11 and you, I didn't want to do that, so I at least had to get us to 11. But all I had was one phrase. All you need is Jesus. All you have is Jesus. And he's enough. I don't know what situation everyone's facing. Some of you have told me, but I know there's a lot more here. You've not allowed me access into that compartment of your life. So let me just say it one more time as I open these altars. Right before they begin to sing, whatever you're facing, all you have is Jesus, but he's enough. I want you to come, and I want you to come with expectation. I don't want you to come and, 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 and bow down and, and, and kneel down. Tonight, I want, or this morning, rather, I want you to come with your hands lifted, with faith saying, Lord, if that's all that I have, I'm all right with that. If all I have is Jesus, I'm okay with that because he's enough. I want you to begin to come from the front to the back. And I want you to begin to let Jesus touch you. I believe there is a miracle here. I believe there is a miraculous touch of God that's here right now. He wants to touch your heart. He wants to touch your mind. Whatever needs you have, would you come? Would you come? All I have is Jesus. And he's enough.